Jake didn't just show me the door to healing that I didn't know I needed. He showed me the door to healing that I didn't even know existed. Hi, I'm Justin Buonimo, and this is Holistic Hustle. Holistic Hustle is doing things for the right reasons, working hard for the right reasons. The healthy balance of what work and progression and accomplishment and success should actually look like. Welcome everyone to episode three of the Holistic Hustle podcast with Justin Buonimo. Um, we've taken a week or two off with posting episodes and that is for good reasons because I just got back from about two weeks of travel. Um, we went out to the West Coast, played a good amount of golf out there, but was out there specifically um, for a retreat experience with my mentor, Jay Kaufman, and a couple other of his incredible clients and guys that are my brothers, um, for sure, for life. And we had an amazing experience that Jake facilitated. Also had some time for some leisurely activities while we were out there. And I got back a week ago today between integrating, resting, and catching up. Um, there hasn't been much time for reflection on this incredible opportunity um, and retreat that you know I just experienced a week or so ago. And so we thought, why not use this podcast episode as my reflections from that incredible men's retreat that I just got back from, again, hosted by my mentor, Jay Kaufman, who I was saying this earlier to Morgan, who I'll introduce here in a second. Jake's coaching and the experience that he gave at this retreat was hands down the best coaching. How do I even give him justice? It was hands down the best coaching setup, attempt, rep, experience, whatever, right? He, he was the best coaching that I've ever seen happen. It really was, and we got all got exactly what we needed and more, and grew an absolute ton. And I don't even recognize the guy who walked in those doors two weeks ago, right? Compared to the guy that walked out because of how much transformation happened. And so, um, as you can tell, I'm already getting excited to tell the story, but to keep me on track, um, behind the camera we have Morgan Madden, who will be in some of my episodes, whether it's on camera or behind the scenes. He's my chief marketing officer um, at JFF. He just so happens to live 20 minutes away. And we just so happen to have an issue with, for one, getting me to shoot these episodes and when I'm on these episodes to stay on track. And so our solution to that is to have him come over, for one, to sit me down to actually do these, and for two, to keep me on track with quality questions um, behind the scenes, so or behind the camera for today's episode so we can achieve the objective, which is to, you know, as much as we can, keep these the 20 to 30 minutes and have them be extremely valuable. And we have realized the more that I can stay on track and be guided, <laughs> the more value that the listeners get. So Morgan's going to be behind the scenes. I'm going to say a few words, and then he'll get us started with the first question for today. Yes, sir. I appreciate you letting us be flies on the wall for your experience here because obviously it was pretty serious. We'll get into it in, in a few minutes. But uh, this is important work that needs to be shared and paid forward to anyone who might be in a similar situation. So... As far as the retreat goes, can we set the scene first by talking about the first retreat you had with Jake last year with this same group of guys? Absolutely. So in February 2023, Jake had a retreat, which was the first one that I went to. And so we did it out in Zion National Park, which was an incredible experience from the views itself. Um, but Jake got a cabin out there on Zion Mountain Ranch, I believe the park was called. And it was myself and two other individuals, one by the name of Pendleton and one by the name of Casey. And they were, they are incredible human beings. 
It was a very small, intimate group with us three, plus Jake is the only facilitator at the first one. And we did some crazy deep work. We, Jake helped, takes men on the journey that is called dying to your false self, dying to your ego, dying to that first half of life. And so we can ultimately step into the second half of life, right? And live for the sole purpose of living out God's plan for us, right? But it takes that construction of the first half of the life, then the deconstruction, right? To then do reconstruction of that second half of life. And so Jake helps men navigate those journeys, especially men that have created a heck of a lot of worldly success for themselves, right? And that they thought that worldly success was going to create the happiness and fill the void that they were looking to fill. And you ultimately get to that point and you realize it's not the answer. Not that those things are bad, right? but you start to realize the objective of those worldly things, right? Which is amplifiers of happiness, not source of happiness. So Jake helps men shed that ego, shed that false self, shed that first half of life. It's ultimately what I call grow up. <laughs> like, I needed to grow up and become a man, right? And in today's society, it's like, what does it mean to actually become a man? Right? Is it when we get our license? Is it when we can buy alcohol? Is it when we have our first kid? When we get married? Right? There's just like no clear distinction this day and age of what it means to become a man. Back in the day in old societies and cultures and heritages, like there was significant life events, whether that be a ceremony, whether that be a party, whether that be a sacrifice, right? whatever that is. Right, so wherever that was, there was an actual significant and obvious life event where it says like, this is what you're gonna do to become a man. This is what it means to be a man. And oh yeah, by the way, here's 15 elderly males that are gonna surround you and show you, not just talk to you and teach you, but show you what it looks like to be a man. And we just don't have that in today's society anymore. Right, you know, and so no matter what religion you are, some religions still have some of these moments like bar mitzvahs and you know these other things. But I think, um, for most men, there's just not that significant event in life where it's like, you are no longer a little boy, grow the F up, and here's how you do it, and here's what it means to be a man, and here's gonna help you to continue being a man as you take this journey. Like, we just don't have that. And Jake provides that for men, and you know, at this last Zion retreat, I went there with a lot of healing I needed to be, that needed to be done in February. Some I was conscious of, some I was unconscious of. Right? And more so, the biggest result was Jake didn't just show me the door to healing that I didn't know I needed. He showed me the door to healing that I didn't even know existed. That's incredible. So as far as building off of that idea, right, everything is able to compound once you have a foundation. Now that you have that foundation after the first event with Jake, how did that compound into your breakthroughs this weekend? And what did those, what did those look like? Yeah, so... Leading up to this retreat, I had then after the February one, leading up to the October 2023 one, whatever that elapsed time is, was that eight months in between February and October? I've been working with Jake one-on-one, -on -one, once a week, give or take, about three times a month. And so the beginning of our work, the goal was, he's like, I'm just gonna increase your awareness and help you start feeling emotions, right? And so, um, he was like, it's one thing to walk around and unconsciously or subconsciously, let's call it unconsciously, 
unconsciously just be doing things that aren't in your best interest, doing things that are first half of life things, things that are protecting your ego, things that are helping you continue to posture, protect, improve yourself, right? He's like, I'm gonna show you what those things are. And like, after a while, they're probably not gonna change, but you're at least gonna be aware of them, right? Because you need to be aware of them for a certain period of time without the action changing. So you can be aware of, Yourself doing those and actually collecting data, now knowing the playbook, knowing that those things are to posture, protect, and to prove yourself and not bring you closer to God. So like, I want to make you aware of those. So then you can go out over the next couple months and be like, oh, look at me. There I go again. There I go again on the golf course when somebody asks me what I'm doing, I'm posturing and protecting. Right? There I go again on a client call, right? protecting and proving myself. Right? And so you know, the first phase of our learning journey was to learn the playbook a little bit. What am I being unconscious to? How do I raise my awareness around the things that I'm doing that aren't bringing me closer to God? If anything, they're just keeping my ego alive. Right? And then go actually go out and do it and be okay with yourself doing it for a certain period of time. Operating off of the quote of, the wild man looks for answers and solutions while the wise man just dances with what is. Right? And I needed to just increase my awareness and allow myself to still act in the same exact manner while just dancing with what is, so I could collect that asset of wisdom that comes with the experience of being able to watch myself and take notes on myself, doing things that were first half of life or ego-provoking type of things, which is really tough, right? That coupled with learning how to now feel my emotions. I had to build up walls around my emotions since a little boy. I had a father who, maybe the whole story, topic for 17 different episodes, but maybe a different day. Um, but many good things growing up, but also many really bad things. One being at the drop of a hat, the wind blew the opposite way this man could fly off a handle, right? And absolutely freak out, whether that's on me, my siblings, my mom, or some random stranger, or a coach that I played sports for, whatever that may be. So at a young age, because I had, it was a ticking time bomb. I had no idea when that was gonna happen. I had to put up walls around my emotions. Because at any moment, Chaos could break out, right? And so in an effort to protect myself, I put up walls around emotions. Did it help in my athletic career and you know, in some of the success that I've created? A thousand percent, but at what cost, right? And so I've been walking around for the past 25 years emotionally unavailable. And you can imagine how that works inside of marriage. It doesn't, <laughs> right? It doesn't. And so being able to be conscious of what my actions were without trying to change them so I can have enough time experiencing them to ultimately create real change, coupled with actually now being able to feel emotions. Um, on the JFF side of things, I'd say about 80% of our clients are females, and out of the team of 13 and a half, I think 10 of them are females. And so <laughs> it was a real uh, fun experience and journey and tough at times. You know, Now being able to feel emotions and having all of these emotions around me is, Kind of what you know the first six-ish months of my work with Jake looked like. In two months leading up to this now new retreat, I asked him, of course, still performing a little bit right here. Didn't know how a better way to ask it. But I said, all right, Jake, cool. I'm getting all this. I realized I'm supposed to do better. I gotta feel emotions, gotta be more conscious of things. Gotcha. How do we take this shit to the next level? What's really probably my words, word for word. And I'm thinking he's going to recommend this strategy, this book, this whatever, right? His answer was, how do you take this to the next level? AKA, how do you continue to heal and develop into the human being that you're meant to be, right? While shedding that old false self. How do you take that to the next level is basically what I was asking. And he said, 
increase the frequency of safe connections that you have. Because the more that darkness is talked about in a safe environment, aka a safe connection, the less control that darkness has over you. And so my objective was going into this new retreat, how do I utilize this safe connection to really talk about some things that have hurt me over the years, that I've buried down in me, that are holding me back, and I'm giving myself so much shame and guilt about, um, and that are ultimately really just delaying or hindering this healing process. Right? I need to put it all on the table, and that's what this next um, retreat pose an opportunity for me to do leading up to. That's beautiful. And I love the way you connected the, the pieces of like the foundation that you had to build in order to experience the breakthrough that you had at this most recent retreat. I know you shared it with me earlier, but can you share the SparkNotes version of what you shared with me of how everything that you just described compounded into what you were able to experience this past weekend? Sure. <clears throat> um, so no surprise, this was my intention for the past weekend, but we all need an intention for the weekend. And so Jake's book is called Let Love In. And so the pain stops when the truth starts. And so without being cliche or trying to please him, <laughs> my objective truthfully was for the weekend was to let love in. And so I had to ask myself, to be able to let love in, I need to go all the way back to when I stop letting love in. What is hindering me from letting love in? And there's some things or many things that happened in my past that were experiences, some more traumatic than others, that occurred, whether self-inflicted or whether my fault or not, most of them my fault, or most of them self-inflicted, at least fault is a different conversation. I was just doing it as best as I could with the information and the opportunity that I had available to me and what I was, all I was doing, what was mirrored to me growing up during my developmental years when I was making those mistakes. Um, and so did a lot of timeline work. I went back and was like, Where, what are things in my past experiences wise that make me feel unlovable, right? Whether that's, I, sometimes I, I get, actually I carry a serious weight each day in regards to not accepting the love and grace that God gives me, right? It's very hard at times for me to love myself. It's super hard for me to accept love and intimacy from other people. Um, if you're ever on a Zoom call with me, pay attention for the first five minutes. It's a little awkward, right? And why that is, is because Zoom calls equal intimacy because it's just me and you, right? That's an intimate setup, especially knowing what we maybe end up talking about. And so that intimacy leading up to the calling for that first five minutes makes me uncomfortable, which equals awkwardness. After five or 10 minutes goes by, I'm like, okay, this is safe. Morgan is safe. The setting is safe. And maybe I'm a little bit more worthy of love than I thought I was coming in to this call, right? And so I struggle letting love in. And I had to figure out why do I struggle to let love in? Because the biggest thing with me going into the event, one of my intentions on top of this was, or why was this my intention, was more so the thought process of, I am set for life unless I fuck it up, <laughs> right? And the only way I'm gonna mess it up or fuck it up um, is by not healing internally. Right? And if I truthfully don't think I'm worthy of love for myself, from God, and from other people, that was definitely an opportunity for me to go and figure out why. So 
coming down the home stretch here, without sharing any of the specifics about the event itself, because it was obviously extremely intimate, can you give us a high level overview of some of the techniques that you guys did, any of the practices that you guys did, and are you gonna continue those into your setting here at home, like we talked about before, because there's anchors that might not be associated with the new things that you're trying to practice and instill. So can you talk about the techniques that you guys did and are you bringing them into your life here at home? Hmm. I love that. Something's hitting me outside of, I could answer with breath work, I could answer with meditation, I can answer with that. But one technique that Jake introduced me to that I think's coming as authentic to me to share. And then we'll wrap it up here soon. Um, he told me in the midst of us doing some deep work, there was one day that I was doing a lot of deep work and I wanted to keep going. I was like, I can keep going. I'm willing. I have the capability to keep going. Let's keep doing it. And Jake was like, I think you've done enough for today. He's like, let's bookmark it. And I said back to him that bookmark shit ain't sitting well with me. Let's just get it done now. His response to this was the strategy, the technique that I will be implementing here when I'm back. He said, let me explain to you this way. Salvation is a lifelong journey that isn't complete until we get to heaven, right? So you're gonna be bookmarking it for the rest of your life, right? And so transformation doesn't happen overnight, right? And also transformation is not a destiny, it's a journey, right? And so I'm gonna be bookmarking it for the rest of my life is something that really stuck with me, right? I can't control every outcome. I can't fix everything right now. And even if I could, at what expense? Right? At what expense? I can't keep both hands on the steering wheel at all times and manufacture outcomes. I truthfully can't. Could I? Possibly, possibly. I have done it before, right? And it's gotten me an immediate payout, but at what cost? Right? And there is an opportunity in life to get those immediate payouts or those benefits that come from me controlling things and trying to manufacture outcomes without the negative trade-off. You can still have those results without the end of that saying, at what cost? Right? You can still have those results with no cost right? by doing it a healthy and holistic way. And so I am learning um, to practice Powerful powerlessness, right? I have no power over the things that are amongst me and greater than me, like my temptation, like my sin, like my past mistakes, and like the trials and tribulations that will continue to face me moving forward. But if I root myself in God and understand God is the source of my eternal happiness and continue to do things each day that are bringing me closer to God, not further away, the rest will take care of itself. Right? The results that I want in life are already mine. I'm just waiting for time to catch up. And while that time is catching up, right, I need to do the things that I know that bring me closer to God, which is going to bring me closer to those outcomes that God has prophesied over my life. And so this is probably just the start to many conversations that's going to happen on this podcast from the outcomes of the retreat that I did with Jake and the boys. This is just one that we wanted to give me an opportunity to actually reflect on it because I've been going since I got back. Um, and then also being able to share some nuggets um, that I learned there and then ultimately hear the feedback from the audience. Like what are topics you guys want to hear more on? What do you want to hear more about the retreat wise, about what I've learned and what I'm doing when I come back? Because I will damn well 
promise you for the rest of my life, I will be a seven-figure business owner, if not larger. The question that the juror is still out on is, will I be a seven-figure husband? Will I be a seven-figure dad? And will I be a seven-figure human being holistically? And that's what we're here to do. So I hope this helped y'all on your holistic health journey. And we'll see you back in the next episode.